him leave the door open. Hello, listener, and welcome to Leave the Door Open, the podcast with Trey Cochaver and Seamus Curley, where we talk film and TV, life, comedy, and everything in between. Today, we are joined by special guest Jeremiah Blackman. So good to have you on the pod, finally. Listen, wow. listen to that fake enthusiasm. I love it. I love it. Trey's really into this today. I'm super <laughs> into it. I'm feeling good. Uh, thanks for having me. This yeah. Is, yeah. Do you feel good? Fun. Yeah. Glad you're here. I feel good. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you're here. here. Yeah, Yeah, we're all glad that you're here. Yeah, I'm. I'm genuinely glad you're here, though. Yeah, no, I'm genuinely so fucking glad that you're here. I'm confused. Well, I take people at their word, so I'm just happy then. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, well, now that we're all happy, Jeremiah, my guy, how how do we know you? Where where did you crawl out of? We're desperately trying to remember. That's. It's not your guys' fault. You have a short-term memory. It's the weed. It's the um, weed. It's the drugs. It's I don't even drugs. smoke weed anymore. I, I just get to blame my parents. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so I first so I first met Seamus. Um, figured this out a couple years ago. We met, and we didn't realize we met. Um, he went to a high school that was rivals with mine. And I say rivals... In a, in a very uh, n- nice way, like kind of like maybe scrap Scrappy-Doo is rivals with Scooby-Doo. Like one is <laughs> yeah, the clearly know. superior. Uh, you guys were Scrappy-Doo. We were Scrappy-Doo, yeah. yeah, we yeah. Were, I, lo- I, I had a good time, um, but it's just like his school had all the money mm-hmm. and stuff. Right? And we were, scra- we were Scrappy. We were scrapping by. We were some um, Scrappy folks. And so I, I made some short films in high school mm-hmm. and there's a there's a county film festival that Seamus and company you as well I think oh I yeah think I met you, you know too it. you know yeah. it baby <laughs> um y'all did a film and my friends and I because we had one or had a good showing the year before were tasked with creating little shorts Mm-hmm. The introduce, skits for all the categories and yeah, skits to introduce everything, like the comedy section skit, the drama. Um, mm-hmm. We we spent so much time on that we didn't actually make it short to enter into the festival. I mean, you basically made like ten shorts for it though. Yeah, we made a lot of <laughs> sketches. Off. Yeah. Um, and afterward, we like chatted for a while, and we were like, "Hey, I liked your thing," and you were all, "Hey, we, we liked, liked your thing," and yeah. it was very nice. And then I forgot about it, and I moved on with my life. See, I I didn't, I, I didn't. Also, I you know, never it's, moved on with my life. I never moved on. It's always <laughs> it's so funny to me the different perspectives we had about the whole you know Scrappy Doo Scooby Doo thing because we always felt at our high school that exact same way about a different school, uh, DCPA, Denver yeah. Center Performing Arts, because they were they were the real rich kids. I feel like it, you know in terms or of Cherry Creek like or like wine. theater money like in terms of class it was like lower class hating the middle class and middle class hating the upper class exactly um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah I never had that and then yeah we met at that film festival I was like yeah loved your guys's uh, your skits and everything and we were like yeah we should work together in the future and then didn't speak again and then we didn't speak again until, and still haven't no still haven't until <laughs> I went I went to film school and you know in film school I kind of vaguely knew you and I, at film school when at one moment we we're we we're talking and we we're like where did you go to school where did you go to school and then we just 
you know, shared that memory that we just shared with all of you now. And we're like, mm. wow, you're that guy. Um, Whoa, I our, know our mem- you. Yeah, our memories were still bad back then. Yeah. yeah. Like, no. I think, I think we were both, like, going to the bathroom during class, and then instead we just stood outside in the hall for, like, 20 minutes talking. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. It's yeah. really romantic. Yeah, it was. There's it was nowhere more romantic than outside of the men's restroom. Exactly. Damn or right. I, there's only one place. What? Inside of the men's restroom. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and it's fun. It is romantic because now, you know, now that we moved to LA and, you know, we got close here and everything. Uh, actually, wait, no. Hold on. Before I yeah. say that. Yeah, because after we met, we figured all that out, became yeah. friends. We were like mild friends. Yeah, my point. Friends. We lukewarm to one another. Uh, my wife yeah. and I went to the um, place that you you were a server at, the jazz club. Yeah, Dazzle. and I was like, Damn. I was like, hey, that's that's Seamus. So he's the guy from school. That's also from the other school. And she said, wow, <laughs> it's her birthday today. <laughs> shout out to her. Shout, shout out, out to Amanda. Amanda. Um, shout Happy out to birthday. Amanda. Happy birthday. She's in class. I'm not just like avoiding her on her birthday yeah we actually purposely scheduled this on his wife's birthday <laughs> yeah, knowing yeah. that this was you know more important we can depend on his neglect yeah we yeah. can always <laughs> depend on <laughs> neglect <laughs> you can't depend on a lot but some things it's something um no so we were starting to talk and then pandemic land mm-hmm. hit I'm so bored of talking about that so I'm gonna skip ahead to respect um we moved to Side note, real quick. I I read I like to read a lot of books, and mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many books I've read where, like, in the last year, where the pandemic is like a major plot point, or like oh, it's yeah. the regular book, and at the end, it's like, and then we all had to go inside. <laughs> what is this? Oh my! And I'm like, God. I'm to a point. I finished a book today about dinosaurs. Um, and it ended like that. And I was like, why? This is about the history of paleontology. I don't need, I don't need, I don't need yeah, it. What does COVID have to do with it? Just ignore there it. There was a big uh, sale of a Tyrannosaurus Rex skull after COVID. Oh, okay. But like mm. it, it spent a while being like setting the COVID scene. And I'm just done. Um, I'm like, I get it. We all know what happened. You don't have to mention it. Anyways, back to the story. <laughs> <laughs> Little rant. Um, I respect it. We moved out to LA. Mm-hmm. My wife got into law school out here, and we decided to move. Oof, Me oof. and my writing partner, and his husband, mm-hmm. and a fifth guy came out here with a little tribe. Um, yeah. yeah, another guy from film school. We came out, and I saw Seamus post online that uh, he also moved to LA. And mm-hmm. I texted him. I was like, "That's cool. I'm in LA. Maybe we should hang out. Where are you at?" And he's like, "This area." And I was like, "I'm in that area. Where oh in my that God. area?" And we got it down to like he was down the street from us, just randomly. Yeah, in in this massive ass city, like, like <laughs> can't express how big the city is. Yeah. And yeah, we happened to move. Uh, what was it? Four blocks away. Four blocks, uh, like a ten minute walk. Yeah. Um, and so that we were is. like, Seamus, you should come hang out at our place. And thus began the real friendship. Yeah. In L.A. as uh, friends that didn't have to drive to get to each other. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. And we, we started hanging out a lot over the last year and a half. Yeah. Facts. You guys are in a little D&D campaign right. together as co-players. Uh, I'm not in that one because I'm in enough D&D campaigns currently. <laughs> and I uh, my brain can't take, uh, t- can't, could not take three campaigns. 
personally. Yeah, I mean, technically, I'm in I'm in four now with my oh, with my work campaign. God. That that one's easier though because it's yeah. it's during work hours, so <laughs> that one's fair. pretty easy to justify <laughs> in my mind. Yeah, I the, respect it. Yeah, the other three are a lot though. I but, bet you have to keep the characters pretty different. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're definitely, you know, they have different vibes. Uh, all my characters are, are charisma based cause oh, I, I just see. like being able to manipulate people. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so much fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's crazy that we, we moved out here, ended up like four blocks away. We weren't, but we had all these coincidences. Uh, mm-hmm. your writing partner and his husband also, mm-hmm. uh, moved into an apartment that I had used to live in, into my exact room. Uh, so like we, oh, I right. lived in the same room as them, like like a year apart. So it wasn't together or anything. But yeah, I, I just found that out afterwards. <laughs> they were living on top of you, parasite yes. style. Yeah. Well, we were actually we were living there like same time for us, but different time periods. It was a whole breaking of reality that was happening. Mm-hmm. Got you. Okay, that's yeah. spicy. I like that. Spicy. And uh, then Are... you came and uh, did some writing with us. You've been one of our main collaborators on. The development of uh, the sketch show we're developing in companion with this podcast. And uh, yeah, you were a producer on the first sketch we filmed. You're going to be directing one coming up. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's been awesome having you on the team and yeah. having you around. It's, it's been fun. It's been uh, we, with my writing partner, we write uh, pretty bleak horror generally. And yeah. so it's fun to come over to the sketches and get a break from like sadness and gore <laughs> and like totally stuff can uh, be draining bad but. relationships with their family and instead just write about silly stuff yeah, yeah but i will say it was it was very interesting going to that reading of your script the other night and uh just going to be there with everybody and hear it out loud and really get to visualize it yeah it was a it was a wonderful script that you had yeah, so you're so you're a screenwriter for a listener who doesn't know. Um, and how many features have you and your your partner Dakota written now? The ones we're willing to send out into the world is two. Okay, but but total but because total. the other ones are written it's two just, that you know, you're confident about. Two we're confident about. We have probably we have one that would need a lot of changes, and then two that are in development. So we're at five. We're at five. Mm, that's it. That's no that's small feet. So, yeah, it's a yeah. lot of words. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, lot, a of lot of words, words, man. And you're you're uh, forgive me. You're are you 24? Are you turning 24 this weekend? I turned 24 in three days. That's right. I'm older than you. I always forget because I'm shorter than you, and you have that mustache. Um, <laughs> but you know, it feels like you're older than me, but you're not. It's fair. And I, I've been I'm married for so you. long that usually makes you're me not older than him, Trey. I'm 23 already. He's 23. He's turning 24. Oh, he's turning 24. Turning okay, 24. I'm not over that. Yeah, shut the okay. fuck up, Trey. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're so spicy today, Seamus. <laughs> he came down ready to ready to shut us down, Jeremiah. We have to revolt. Are you ready for an uprising? Uh, uh, what is it called okay. on a ship? A mutiny? A mutiny. Yeah. Let's do a mutiny. If we, can, we were on a ship. Throw him overboard. I mean, a film set's the closest thing to being on a ship because they're both called crews, and that's where that analogy ends. True, true. Okay, um, yeah, that's as far as that goes. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something else. There is something more. There's a lot of... Actually, I think most of the film terminology was stolen from... from boats. Like rigging. theater, which was stolen from boats. Got it. So, yeah. it's bo- so basically, we're doing boating just to... Two times removed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it's like a very distant cousin of, of uh, being a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
basically. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind no. it though. <laughs> but yeah. So what what have you been watching lately? What, what anything you've been uh, that's been under your skin that you've seen uh, in the movies or on TV before? Of course, we get to our show of the week, which we right. will be talking about. But yeah. what have you been watching for comfort or for entertainment on your own? Uh, my partner and I are getting ready to launch into a new first draft. Ooh! So we've been watching stuff related to that. We watched Aliens this last week. I've oh, never seen that. Okay. And we watched Coda. How was that? Uh, I still haven't seen that. Coda I or Aliens? Uh, Coda. Mostly. Talk about both. But, yeah. Um, and if you can think about how Coda and Aliens fit together in your mind, uh, good for you. That's they're related to what we're working on. <laughs> um, aliens, my mm. favorite James Cameron movie. Uh, yeah. I'm not a huge. He's good at what he does, right? He's so good, but yeah. it's it's fun. It's got the because there's Alien and then Aliens. Is that yeah, the direct that's the sequel? One. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will say here's my here's my like really good movie. Mm-hmm. Nothing I say I want to like can like take away from that. My favorite Cameron movie. Mm-hmm. Makes me appreciate uh, CGI, okay. and everyone is always talking about practical effects and how you know we are we are in such a dark time mm-hmm. without them. But Aliens has very few CGI shots. The ones that exist, you can tell. But mm-hmm. there's there's moments where I was like, oh, we could do that so much better now. Specifically, yeah. alien movement. Oh yeah. Um, in the there's a lot of aliens in that, and there's some wides where the aliens are moving toward the our main characters, and they're supposed to be these apex predators. Oh, wait, real real quick. So aliens, uh, I know, is in the the alien series. Yes. I assume. Uh, where where does it lie in that series? Is is that did that just come out? No, no, no. That's no, old. that's we're second, talking about an. That's old a movie. second one. Okay, I was yeah. like, I was like, I didn't hear about this. I'm like learning about this for the first fucking time. I didn't know hmm. there was a new one. No, no, no. This is the direct sequel to the original Alien. Ripley. It escapes the alien with her cat and then she wakes up with some space Marines and they're like, Hey, we're going to that planet that you just escaped from. And she's like, don't go. There's aliens. And they're like, what? As if. (laughs) And it turns out there's aliens, but yeah, like when they're moving, like you just can tell you're like, that's a dude bogged Mm -hmm. down by latex. Yeah. Trying his hardest. <laughs> you can only do so much. You can only do so much. And I was like, oh man, if we, ha- if they had like the technology we have now to make the aliens move with like how, how lethality, yeah. that would look awesome. And then there's yeah. also some moments where they use rear projection that just do not, not sell. Work. Yeah. And I was like, a green screen would be some good for this. Or even like the Mandalorian thing. What do they call it? The, the, the noise? volume. The volume. Yeah. Well, you're even, um, talking about alien real quick before we get into coda yeah i heard recently that they are moving forward on production at fx to do a alien series that is going to be show run by noah hawley who did um fargo oh okay. the fargo show the the whole show or just like first season he's the creator of and okay. the show gotcha. of the yeah. show the whole show i believe but yeah, so that should be really interesting. I, I believe he also did something else. No, did Holly. Legion. Yeah, he did yeah. Legion as well. So I've just seen I've seen Fargo season one, and I just read because I also read a lot for my entertainment um, mm-hmm. to try to be better at writing. But he just wrote a 
book called Anthem that came out this last year. Oh, I actually think I've um, heard about that. It's, it's, it was a really disappointing video game named Anthem. <laughs> Still hurts An- me to this day. <laughs> Anthem by Noah Hawley is like a weird version of the stand like a weird okay. moderny version of the stand it's good Interesting. okay i were i i was fascinated by it i don't know mm. if it's my favorite book ever but i i i was you I were was intrigued intrigued by it. it's very yeah. weird cool so i i don't know i'm, I'm here for his take on it I yeah like, i like his book i like his show the stuff i've seen yeah i, I love fargo and we're definitely going to be Talking about that in a future episode as well. Yeah, I just yeah. started that. I, I'm eight episodes of the first season. Yeah. And uh, then we moved, and I didn't have access to internet for a week. Mm-hmm. So I haven't finished the first season. Good first season. Um, but also, on your on your earlier point of CGI, it's such a it's such an interesting thing. Because I'm definitely someone who does not like the overuse of CGI. Right. I, I definitely, I'm firmly against that. It always irritates me mm-hmm. when everything is CGI. Um but at the same time, I, I do think it's something that we don't don't appreciate enough because, mm-hmm. like, you look yeah, like, like you look back at like Alien or something, and it's for the time amazing horror movie. Like right. the, the first one is I haven't seen the second one, but the first Alien, great sci-fi horror. One of the I think one of the first sci-fi horror things that ever came out, mm-hmm. um, really well done. But yeah, now I I always struggle these days to watch anything old that has any sort of effects like that because it's just so rough. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I mean, you gotta keep it in mind for its time and place in history, but it's also like our expectations are only going to get higher, right? As time goes on, yeah. yeah. Like the the queen, the way the queen moves in Aliens, mm-hmm. you can tell that's just like a big model put on like a forklift or a truck, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the truck is like sort of just driving around, like driving, mm-hmm. yeah. Right? Um, now the close-ups, I still prefer those. Those, got you you know the practical effects look really good in mm-hmm. a lot of close-ups some of the mediums but man when it comes to moving i was just i, I it was funny because i i Jarring. have identified as someone who likes practical effects more and just yeah watching that just made me appreciate what we have still mm-hmm. a good movie yeah, i feel like the movement of creatures is really interesting because i it's so much easier to replicate um like a model of something and make it look dope like uh like i mean like the old lord of the rings the orcs mm. just looked so, so much better than something that was made almost 15 years later mm-hmm, with all CGI. Right. Um, I, don't, I really like what a lot of shows have been doing recently where they blend uh, the mm-hmm. practical and CGI. Like they do everything practically and then they CGI it afterwards. Mm-hmm. So they have like such a solid bit. Like the, uh, the boys does yeah. an incredible job of that. Yeah. Um, they, they build, they do everything practically and then they just use CGI to accentuate it. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're not caught up on the boys, right, Jeremiah? No, I haven't watched. I've watched season one, and I haven't gone past that. Okay, yeah. So I'll I'll say this for Trey and the listener without too many spoilers, but the whale and the penis, yes, are both practical set pieces. I I was aware of that. Yeah. I'm not happy about it, but boy, <laughs> am I aware of it. <laughs> but it's it's just so cool because they they built those practically and then uh-huh. use CGI to like enhance it, which is it's just cool that like the. Not only are both of those fields in terms of practical effects and special like CGI advancing, but also the way that they're blended and used together, those techniques are also advancing, which is super cool. Oh, yeah, it's preferred. It's preferred because what you want is it's the same thing with like stunts. You want the main actor to do as much as possible and you want to get them on camera doing as much as they possibly can. And then you have the stunt person mm-hmm. going in and doing it and then it's the mixing of the two. 
you want to do the same thing. You want to do as much practical as possible. But, you know, if you can't get what you're trying to achieve, you need to utilize that technology that's available to you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. But Coda. Coda. Never. I haven't seen it either. So I've always been curious. It won that best picture mm-hmm. yeah. last year. It's so sweet. It's mm-hmm. so nice. If everyone is really well drawn, like it, I think the premise sounds like it could be like a, like a really sappy, you know, mm-hmm. like, like what I tried. I remember when I tried to get my wife, Amanda to watch it. She's like, really a deaf girl or a, a girl who's the child of deaf adults wants to sing. That sounds like, like some, something on Hallmark. It kind of does. Yeah. But it's almost a, too elementary, but it's the execution of it, it sounds like. That and it's just nice. Justice. It yeah. makes me cry. Yeah. I like it all. It's good. That's good That's, stuff. I, there's not a lot to say about it. Other than other it's than, just a good vibe, well done movie. I understand why it won Best Picture. It's something okay. everyone can watch and go, that feels good. And in the ranked uh, ranked choice voting system that they have in the Oscars, every, that's like a solid three or two. I yeah. think for everyone. And that makes sense because especially coming out of the pandemic, not to drag mm-hmm. us back into that, but right. everyone needed how, something how to dare you feel. talk about that again. Yeah, Trey, shut the fuck I'm up. Sorry, you guys. It's uh, uh, anyways, um Yeah. Um But yeah, I I'll, I look forward to seeing that. So uh, I'll have to and that, Jesus I get, Christ. You 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 today. <laughs> and then I guess the one other show i'm watching right now i want to mention i've seen the rings of power first two episodes oh yeah yeah, yeah. we got started as well and house of the dragon but i yeah. haven't watched that i never watched original game of thrones oh yeah that's your uh, problem i i feel like honestly house of the dragon is pretty far removed from game of thrones like it could be watched on its own um I'm that's thinking that. very true they have like in the first three episodes they have one reference to the original mm-hmm. like a, a prophecy about something that happens in the original show and that's it it's not even important really other yeah. than for the an audience member and like, they do something oh. for the audience to give them context like this is 170 something years right. before yeah. any of this shit happens so. i uh this this week i'm starting uh uh my running partner dakota and i like the that's the big glaring hole in my media intake of recent years is game of thrones and he's missing oh. breaking bad Jesus, okay. so y- y'all are going so, to exchange? Yeah, so like, like rotate once and- a week, at least once a week, we're going to be like watching an episode of Game of Thrones and then an episode of Breaking Bad, just so we can both get caught up. Y'all are not going to be okay. Yeah, those, <laughs> are, those are both some, those are some brutal shows. That's all right. We write, we write Walking around things. saying the C word to each other, just <laughs> <laughs> turn into trolls. Yeah. No, but uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, my, my, so far, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fine. I, similar it's sen- very pretty. sentiment. Yeah, yeah. I like it so far. I'm definitely intrigued enough to keep going. I would not say I'm in love with it. Yeah. I, I'm. I definitely. I've enjoyed some things. It hasn't really like gripped me yet, though. I, for me, it's the uh, couple things. It, there's no. Everyone likes to talk about like character is the most important thing in film and television, which it's up there. It, is up there. I I always like to say though I would rather watch boring people do interesting things than watch interesting people do boring things. I this find is it, my perspective. Uh, yes, yes, yes. That is a fair subjective opinion. I have a hard time agreeing with it myself, especially as an actor. 
Um, just because I have such fascinations with characters, and I feel like some characters have really saved a lot of viewing experiences for me and mm-hmm. made some movies that would be honestly bad, good, just through a performance. That's 100%. Yeah. Totally agree. You know, what's really funny about that, that is that I'm in the middle of you two. My preference, you know, uh, if if I had to choose between all for those everything things, to be good, uh, well, that too. But <laughs> no, no, if I, if I have to choose between one of those, I would choose the middle ground. I would like characters that are somewhat interesting, doing somewhat interesting uh, things, uh, than <laughs> than either one of those options. Because I, yeah, I I totally understand why both of you have that perspective. Also, I get mm-hmm. it. I think the ones where the characters are boring don't grip me enough uh, because I just don't care about them. The ones where the characters are interesting, but the situation sucks. The yeah. situation just doesn't grip me enough. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather them both have a hold on me, even if it's not like a, a tight hold. Yeah, I, I see that. For me, it's yeah, it's I'd rather watch them do interesting stuff, like the Rock movies. I love. None of those characters are particularly <laughs> I interesting. Think you're on your own here. <laughs> but they do such Hobbs and Shaw. They do okay. such fun things and yes. such interesting things. Uh, even Red Notice, like none of those are like char- characters that are fascinating. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So like that's my own well, thing. Did you see the hilarious meme of Dwayne Johnson? And it's like, it's like four pictures of him all wearing like a tan shirt. And he's in the jungle in the background, and there and it's four different pictures, and it's like these are four different movies. Yeah, yeah I've <laughs> it seen looks that. It's like the exact same movie. And you know what? I'll watch them all because I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, no, he's so a, he's an entertainer. To connect this back to Rings of Power, yes. I you know, I I guess what I would like most is interesting things. Secondary mm-hmm. is interesting characters. Rings yes. of Power is giving me Seamus's semi-interesting things. Mm-hmm. To I don't even know if the characters are semi interesting. Like a character is in, is semi interesting. Yeah. Which character do you think? Um, I was bored by them all in the first episode, mm-hmm. and then episode two, I got semi interested in Elrond and the and the dwarves. Yeah, was fun. Yeah, and I like what is it, Nori? Yeah, the little Nori at uh, least has like Harfoot. Yeah. yeah, she has like um, what's the word like personality. Like yeah. She's got something to watch. It's like her and the stranger is yeah. the you anchor. Gandalf? <laughs> yeah, it's Gandalf. Baby. <laughs> I, really, well, I really heard, hope it's Sauron. It's Sauron. That'd yeah, be fun. Yeah, I've heard that, but I have doubts. I mean, oh, well, I think it's Gandalf. I, I hope think it's, it's what if it's have such Sa- a Gandalf. Saruman. Oh yeah, it could That'd be, be fun. him actually. That that would be an interesting pretty much equally those. as possible. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard I, for me to say. My my other reasoning that I think it's Gandalf, or at least like a subversion of it, is uh, that he loves the halflings in Lord of the Rings. And that's yeah, right. Why he, else he's, would they put him with the Harfoot? Yeah, like the right. first people he meet, they're kind to him. They help him. It would mm-hmm. make so much right. sense if that was if that was him. No, totally. it would. It, it, it would. It's it would probably Gandalf. I want it to subvert my expectations, but I don't know if it's gonna. Um, but yeah, so far it's like. One or two semi-interesting characters, and the stuff that they're doing is just like big shrug. So yeah, I want. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna keep watching it. I I like those movies a lot. The well, books are good too. Honestly, watching that and House of the Dragon and comparing them both to the mm-hmm. originals, it's like I'm a lot more satisfied with House of the Dragon thus far. But I don't want to be completely unfair because it's so early. 
yeah. in both of these seasons. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, so far, I'll, I'll agree that I, I've been preferring House of the Dragon. I think it, it feels more... So it's it's actually gripped me. Like I actually yeah. already care about the characters and the plot that's happening. Um, yes, uh, but I st- I still have an open mind about both. I'll, we'll definitely yeah. we'll have a podcast about. Maybe we should do. We'll talk about this like later. a versus yeah. podcast. <laughs> versus yeah, yeah, podcast. yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're so related. Well, let us know in the comments. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I've been watching both those. Um, and and Fargo, which I also you know I want to talk about. We're doing. A future I know podcast. we gotta we gotta can't. bite our little tongues bite over little, here. Bite our little tongues. Well, what's been going on in your life besides besides all the shows and all oh. the business? What's what's been the the big thing happening lately? Well, the, the big big thing <laughs> is uh, my partner and I got a manager. That's pretty fucking yes. amazing. Congratulations, mm. my Congrats, dude. Man. That's thank you. It's gotta be the best, uh, and it's for uh, for writing. For writing, yes. Yeah. That's uh, challenging, and you know we, we can talk about like like anyone can technically be a manager. There is mm-hmm. no limiting principle like there are is with agents yeah um but we got like a real real guy mm-hmm. real yeah manager. you gotta kind of do like your own little vetting process mm-hmm. to make sure that this is the right representation you want to represent you yeah and from so. our from our meeting he's he's super cool he's on our wavelength narratively that's good um and we're nervously optimistic we're this is new you yeah, know we, we're yeah. used to being failures are you uh, feel, are you allowed to say really, who some of the other people that he represents are? I'll I'll say he he represents I don't know how much he wants to be blasted, but he represents like a Stranger Things writer, mm-hmm. um, some writers that that one of the number one movies of Netflix of the last month or two he represents. Nice, okay, that's some um, amazing stuff. He represents real people, is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. 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 And now he's uh, sending our script out to other real people. That's some and good stuff. He seems is to it is it a company or is it just an individual who's the manager? So right. he's sending it. To the, he's so he has his own company. Got you, got you. He yeah, used to be part of manager. a company and then he uh, uh, left and started off. his own. Yeah, same with my manager. Actually. No, he is the company. He is the company. So yeah, he's sending our script, uh, uh, our horror script, consumed out to. I think he said CAA, a bunch of Good agents at CEA he knows has it, and some producers. He's been at, I it's need to enhanced. email him tomorrow. He's been at Telluride all weekends doing Jealous. manager-y things, seeing <laughs> movies, hanging out with people. Doing some networking. Uh, no so <sighs> I haven't, I've been like, I haven't heard from him for a little, but I, he's doing his, he's doing his thing. Okay, yeah. Man, that's yeah. some good stuff. That's some good stuff. That's and the big thing, man. Yeah, that's the big thing. That's the big news. You know, can I, uh, you know, when you were going to meet with him for the first time and you didn't know if you were going to get signed or not, uh, did you rehearse at all for, like, the situation? Like, rehearse what you're going to say or anything? Yeah, so we met at a bar and Dakota and I went to a uh, coffee shop that was also a recording studio. So we heard uh, a indie bands like this this girl was screaming her heart out and it was great anyway while this was our background mm-hmm. um really cool music actually i should have gotten the band um <laughs> but we like went over our pitches and we're like mm-hmm. here's our thoughts here's what we screaming might screaming at each other over the, the yeah, music exactly and then we you know we met with him and it was him and him and his assistant mm-hmm. and it was just like like our preparation was good but it didn't very outgoing 
very excited. He person. made it easy for you. He made it easy. That's some good stuff. Um, well, I'm I'm glad you had the opportunity to rehearse. And uh, I think that's a perfect oh. segue Seamus has set up for uh, <laughs> oh. our series of the week. Didn't even see that coming. The rehearsal on yeah. HBO Max. Ooh. Leave the door open the podcast with Trey Cochaver and Seamus Curley. The special guest, Jeremiah Blackman, produced by me, Seamus Curley. Spoiler warning ahead for Spoiler the warning ahead. on HBO Max. Did you like was that? that? Was that a, was that a Kermit the Frog voice? That sounded like a like your pitch for an SNL character. It did. You, you kind of well, it's kind of like that it's, type of character. Which, it's, which it's character kinda, is it? I don't know. It's kind of like they're doing the wave, but with the voice. Yeah. Um. It's like uh, you robotic know what? Okay. Californian. What's the main guy? I think you should leave. Oh, Tim Robinson. Okay, it sounds... That voice sounded to me like he was doing a sketch about pitching something to SNL. About pitching a character to SNL. And that <laughs> he was, was his on voice. SNL. I know, I know. Yeah, but yeah. It, it sounds like Tim Robinson was <laughs> doing a pitch to SNL about a character and everyone else wasn't buying it. Are you just telling me that you weren't buying it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, how it. about this pitch? Uh, Canadian writer-director and comedian Nathan Fielder has followed up his highly acclaimed Comedy Central series, Nathan For You, with an all-new series called The Rehearsal. In this series, Nathan provides certain individuals the opportunity to rehearse their own lives in a world where nothing ever works out as expected. Damn, what a show, you guys. Wow. Yeah, that no, was smooth. I gotta, I gotta preface this. Um, for you, Jeremiah, Trey was there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, did you real quick? Did you watch this show week to week as it came out? I watched it week to week. Okay, same. So I've been hearing about it from you, both of you two assholes, as well as many other people, the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I haven't watched it. I'm like, it just doesn't sound. I just I don't really care about the concept. It's, it just sounds weird and it awkward. Is it is hard to pitch. It is. Yeah. It's hard to pitch. And I I uh, I don't really like awkward humor usually. Um, so I, as soon as I kind of hear what it's about, I'm like, I don't really want to do that. You put you know, it off. You picked it for the podcast, and I put it off. Uh, and yesterday, I was like, okay, we'll watch the first couple, and then I'll, I'll kind of get through it, you know, today this, today during work. And uh, we watched the first one in the morning, and I was like, wow, mm-hmm. that was a lot. And we, t- we you know, we, we broke off. Uh, took I, a little break. A little break as in, like, eight hours to ten hours. Um, it was a long break. It was a long break. <laughs> uh, went off, did our own things, and then I was like, cool, I'm going to watch, like, one maybe two more tonight and then we sat down and we watched the rest of the show straight through i fucking had him hook line and sinker he he had to finish that shit and you know trey pointed something out to me which is that if i tried to watch part of it and this was after we watched a few of the episodes that if i tried to quit now and didn't finish it i would not sleep tonight yeah. Uh, last night I would not not have slept last night and he's right because uh, well my experience was it was driving me crazy just watching one episode right. and having to wait a week for the other so if I watch three in a row and I know the other three are right there and just like I gotta know I mean how kind, he wraps it up in some way for the season it kind of drive me crazy mm-hmm. the finale the finale I was like no 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 well, it had I so much more. weight to it. Yes. And I'm glad that it has been renewed for a season two. Yeah. 
So there will be one. Oh, oh, really? I didn't even know that. Fascinated 100%. to see what season two is. That's yeah. going to be insane. Yeah. So just to get back into some of the logistics of the series, he is the sole director of the series, Nathan Fielder. He is also the main writer and creator. However, there are two other credited writers. Carrie Kemper, the younger sister of Ellie Kemper from The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Ooh. Her little sister. And Eric Notar Nicola, who I have no idea who he is, but uh, he also worked on uh, Nathan For You and uh, some of Nathan's other works. But uh, the show was inspired by two specific episodes from Nathan For You. Smokers Allowed, where he turns a bar into an art installation where people are allowed to smoke inside. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Finding Francis, where he helps this older Bill Gates impersonator find his long-lost love. And then along the way, meets up with an escort and then starts dating her. (laughs) Nathan starts dating the escort. Yeah, It's a very interesting episode, but that's where you see the beginnings of him kind of creating a form and then abandoning it in the Mm. pursuit of what naturally happens or occurs or wherever... Uh, curiosity may lead him. Yeah. Okay. I, I I haven't seen like a lot of Nathan for you. I've seen like a bunch of individual scenes from it. I don't think I've ever watched a full episode though. It was much more structured than yeah. the rehearsal and much more like has a comedic lens over it mm-hmm. rather than the ambiguity and openness and transparency, to be honest, of the rehearsal. Something I yeah. found interesting. I, the rehearsal, there's a lot of thoughts about it. I, I will say I do think it is more... Oddly, like it's weirder, but it's more accessible than Nathan mm-hmm. for you for a lot of people. Like, um, yeah. like you say, you don't like cringe humor. My wife does not like Nathan for you. I have tried to make her watch <laughs> mm-hmm. my favorite episodes. I love it. Uh, mm-hmm. She just can't do it. And yet she, she, she was like in the room when I started watching the rehearsal and like she got sucked in too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like somehow this show is is getting people that are outside of Nathan Fielder's like existing audience, which I think is Yeah. I've also cool. seen several articles mentioning the fact that it's really connecting with neurodivergent audiences mm-hmm. and people on the autism spectrum specifically who feel very validated and seen through his uh, vulnerability and again transparency of the entire process of the show and the way his mind works and unravels. Dude, I, okay, so first reactions of the show, and again, this was, yeah. I, Trey, Trey watched, uh, you know, we have this habit of when we watch something that blows my mind, mm-hmm. uh, I have trouble speaking afterwards <laughs> for like a good amount of time. The worst one was when we watched Mother. Yeah. Uh, I did not speak for almost an hour Big after we watched that. After Mother. <laughs> I kept trying and my mouth just opened and nothing came out except for, Ah. Yeah, I would like say a couple things and then he would look like he's about to respond and then he would try and then he would choke on his words and then just ah. Yeah, never well, experienced anything like that's, it. That's a fair reaction to mother. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I this is one of those few times in my life where afterwards I had that. It was it wasn't quite to that horrific level. Um yeah. I was able to speak, but I it's it was so much and in a good way. I, I loved the show. It was... That's such a good review. It was so much. They it was should, so much. Like, they should put that on the poster for season two. It's so much. <laughs> it's but so it's good. Much. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's great. Like, you know, me saying it's so much doesn't mean it's bad. It's mm-hmm. just... It's an insane journey. And I, I genuinely think I can say it 
transcends like genre of film. There's nothing that has ever been made like this. It is a completely unique thing. There's yeah. no way I could categorize this along with anything else. Starting with a first episode, the pilot, which almost, uh, as we discussed earlier, Seamus, comes across as like this proof of concept for yeah. the whole show mm-hmm. that he establishes and then with this like mindset that he's going to be doing this every week for HBO and that's going to be the show and then you step into it and it all gets so messy and he doesn't shy away from the messiness. Yeah. I, I makes fully the structure. I fully expected every episode to be like the first one. Yeah, like the first one where it's like he takes someone, they have that rehearsal about their life. I, and I, I feel like that's how the show was advertised, too. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually think that's probably how the show was conceptualized. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm absolutely. sure they had every intention of that being it. But committing that hard to all those aspects became impossible to have a focus. Which it is part of what makes great documentaries great. Yeah, right? it's like, like my, how to like, John Wilson, too. Oh yeah, I haven't watched that. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, what that it's is. a documentary. Uh, it's kind of like the rehearsal in a way that's like just one dude with a camera shooting a documentary, going about life and seeing where the documentary takes him. No matter mm-hmm. where he starts from, he will end somewhere completely different. And it's produced by Nathan Fielder, and they're oh, actually friends. So it's it's a similar line you can connect between the. I think how to a John Wilson's the mm-hmm. bridge between Nathan for you and the rehearsal. I think yeah. Nathan Fielder wouldn't have had the boldness to do the rehearsal if How To With John Wilson on HBO right. hadn't come out. I Yeah, I, I really enjoy these documentaries that mm-hmm. follow it. And it's, and, and it's most fun when you can tell the documentarian went into something with a certain point of view and then events unfolded in the opposite po- way. And they have to sort of roll with it. And they have I, to and adapt. I, it's, yeah. it's, I respect it, and I love it. Like, I don't know if you've seen the documentary Wiener, uh, which no, sounds I'm much dirtier either. than it is. Real okay. quick, can I can yeah. I say something? Uh, Do it. I, you know, I've been studying and working in the film industry for eight years, mm-hmm. and I, I genuinely don't think I've ever heard the term documentarian, uh, which is funny because really? it, it makes perfect sense. Uh, it makes total sense to me that that's the term. <laughs> Never fucking heard it. That's so interesting. I'm pretty sure that's the right term. Yeah, my, I've heard my brain immediately goes to how funny would it be if it was called documentrition? Um. <laughs> Go to hell. I mean, <laughs> some documentaries are medicine to the soul so exactly yeah trey you go to hell you should be prescribed but the 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 wiener documentary is really good okay Uh, it was it won something that's about anthony wiener sure is is. oh okay Um, fully expected wiener dogs you know for those of you don't know who anthony wiener was he was a oh man what did he start as i don't even he He was was a congressman congressman and he was married to a, a woman who was like high up in Hillary Clinton's and he took a dick sort of pic. thing. He took a dick pic, sent it to Wiener. It, showed his wiener. Wiener showed his wiener, which is um, That's why it's just people were wiener. people were people were upset. Um, and you know, he, he his name promised what he did. I yeah, don't know, it's, it's a it wasn't a, it wasn't a subversion of expectations. <laughs> it was a fulfillment. Um, no, so the documentary is Wiener had this like dick pic controversy and he was like you know what that's in the past now i'm gonna run for new york and it's and it was framed as a redemption story and then in the middle of the documentary wait run for new york what do you mean run for mayor of new york okay okay gotcha that's what i thought you meant but i'm like that's what what okay this is back in 2016 or 17 um he ran for mayor of new york maybe 2015 
Um, and in the middle of his run for mayor, more dick pic controversies. Controversies. Wait, like, like he sent more dick pics or just like more consequences? He sent that more. One? He, he sent for sure sent more, more and also more consequences. So both. Um, more came out, out in the middle iCloud. of his mayoral run. And this documentary that was supposed to be about his redemption turned into like his extra downfall. Yeah. More and condemnation. Good. So <laughs> interesting. And yeah, that does at one point in the documentary, he like looks at the camera. He's like, I don't know why you're still here. I don't know why I'm letting you still be here, but he still does. And he lets it. And it's great. Um, and that's Damn. just a long way of saying you love documentaries. I love documentaries <laughs> that let the story unfold in these yes. fascinating ways. And the rehearsal feels like it, it had Angela mm-hmm. and it, it's borderline like a reality series. Too. Yeah. It's, it's both. It, it, it had Angela, it had a, it had a way it could go. And it was like, you know what? We're going to commit. Mm-hmm. And it and it built this arc for Nathan, whether real or constructed. And I guess that's the fun of the show is how much of it is constructed, how much of it is real. Um, but it but it went there, and it to like actually kind of hurtful results for that toddler. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of hurtful things that happen in it throughout. I mean, Angela gets kind of put through. And uh, like a troubling situation herself, you know, having mm-hmm. the Robin situation, the crazy numbers guy, uh, crazy numbers guy, <laughs> quickly funny. followed by kind of so funny having to accept Nathan into the home mm-hmm. when she may have not wanted that as her first choice. But also, it's just you know, there's so many moral issues like uh, with his faith. You know, mm-hmm. his Jewishness is a central aspect of the show as well and doesn't pop up till about halfway through. But once it does, it's like the Apocalypto episode. Right. Says so much about like, I didn't think it would be a big deal. But then my mom came and she saw that I was pretending to raise this child and she still cared that I was uh, allowing this other person to step over me in terms mm. of advocating for my faith. Yeah, I I loved um, like especially with that situation, like the the uh, Christianity versus Judaism, mm-hmm. the amount of vulnerability that he shows. He he's fully transparent with how it's affecting him the entire time too. Exactly. Um, like like when he even in the, in that specific instance that you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, compares it to his past relationships, mm-hmm. where even in those he's like, yeah, it ended up becoming like my own real life relationships because I just end up letting them walk all over me. And it, it's just, it's very interesting because, like, I've heard a lot of people online talk about uh, that the show is, like, morally wrong. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I read all that, like, before I watched the show. Then I watched the show. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I understand why people think that. But at the same time, it was never lying about what it was doing. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's my exact thing. Like, the argument that it's immoral, I'm saying... Every show that you see that has child actors, if you think that's what's immoral about it, they're doing the same thing. They're just not Mm -hmm. being transparent about it like this show is being. So you don't know all the particulars. They're doing the same exact thing. Yeah, I I don't I don't find that Nate I don't find the rehearsal is a moral sort of standpoint very credible. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just like. Yeah, it, they know what they're getting into, mm-hmm. at least on the surface, right? And like, 
um, Brandon Sanderson talks about like different types of like twists and promises and like this mm-hmm. isn't like like surprising you surprising you with something different. It's just exceeding your expectations on the basic promise. Exactly. And I think you know even if you don't foresee that they're gonna go as far with the thing you've been promised as you think mm-hmm. they do. And I, I think that's like very morally justified and it also makes for fascinating television. Yeah. And if there's any moral failing, um, it's of the, the mom of the toddler who put him in that, which is even then explored in an empathetic, right. sympathetic, sympathetic way where he explores her experience. Like, that's the other crazy thing about the show. Everyone you feel like he's disrespected, he makes sure he's seeing something through the eyes of them. Mm-hmm. Even if he's stuck in his perspective, even through that. It's- yeah, I, I think with with the mom, specifically the mom of that toddler that they focus on in the last episode, right. um, it was... One, I, I like I latched on to the fact that she's like, I don't think anyone did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, they... They knew exactly what was going to happen. They just nobody expected the consequence of That's fair. this, this six year old in this situation, like latching onto it in that way. Like n- no one really could have predicted that because none of us are six year olds. And I, mm-hmm. I almost think that that aspect, like, um, uh, almost solidifies the theme of the show more than anything else that happened in it, yeah. which is is like rehearsing these things experiencing this those fake scenarios that was the one that truly like created emotion that was the one that truly replicated this feeling and it didn't end up being for nathan or any of the people that were uh the ones who were rehearsing it was for this kid but he truly created like this fake scenario that actually impacted this kid yeah, and that he believed it because the line wasn't clear enough between fantasy and reality for him yeah, and it, it can't be for a kid that age. Yeah, that's true. But it's so interesting how everybody reacts to their uh, rehearsals because, you know, going back to the first episode, Core felt so good after until he, uh, until oh, we don't even know if he was true, if Nathan truly confessed about uh, sneaking him the answers to the trivia. <laughs> but that episode ends with that super fucking ominous. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory tune, and it just sets the tone for the entire show. Mm-hmm. And then skipping forward to the guy trying to make amends with his brother at the subway shop. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the Colorado. Yeah, the the very you know at first he's like super anti-Semitic, and then yeah. you see Nathan having to adjust to that and having to like be like you know I'm doing I'm still gonna do this rehearsal for him. I'm, and that was the first time his Jewishness Jewishness. Mm-hmm really became a central thing that was going to grow in the show. But then you, on the other side of this character, you see him finally gang through to this guy after sending him on this goose chase with this old man doing the treasure hunt. And he finally opens up to his brother, or the actor playing his brother, and you see him break down, and you see the rehearsal work for him to say what he needs to say. But then you don't know what happens after. So we don't know if this dude ever went and talked to his brother or if the rehearsal was enough, as Nathan says at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. which I was like, damn, damn. Yeah. I, that's that aspect that I will never know if that man spoke to his brother or not. is going to bug me forever. Mm-hmm. I hope we know. I hope we, I, I, I hope you know, I, I, I feel like especially since the show has blown up a right. lot, mm-hmm. 
maybe that guy will come forward and like talk about it at some point in the future. And I hope he does because other than that, it's it's gonna it's gonna fucking bug well, me fucking so much forever. Angela's on Cameo now doing like little rap videos for small fees. Can we just talk about Angela? She's is insane. Yeah. And she's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. just I. Like, you know, I, I respect you if you believe in your faith, but when it gets to a certain point of burgeoning it on other people and uh, discounting their views, it's like, holy shit, lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I really like the moment where <laughs> it's like Nathan blows up on her and he's like, he's like, he's like, maybe you should give me like a list of everything that's satanic so I know what to avoid. <laughs> yeah. So good. <laughs> he goes off at a certain point, and you, you see him unravel throughout the show. Yeah, yeah. the The religion aspect was very interesting because um, one, obvi- I mean, obviously she was crazy. Like I, I I'm not um, like I, I'm an atheist myself, but I'm not particularly against Christianity. I know a lot of very lovely Christians, mm-hmm. um, but like uh, that, it portrays just that as insane. But then at the end of the episode, she's gone and he's talking to the Jewish, uh, I'm not, the Jewish teacher, I guess. I, I don't tutor. know what her, yeah, the tutor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she starts going on about the uh, Israel situation, which. And she's like, you have to support Israel. Right. And it's like, whoa, 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 lady. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just, I really loved that they took that time to point out that just because they like. Uh, just because the other person was against them in that scenario and were, was being um, anti-Semitic doesn't mean that that person's right either. Mm-hmm. In, uh, the anti-Semitism uh, yeah. was obviously yeah, wrong. They're right about mm-hmm. that, but doesn't mean they're right about everything. Yeah, and, not, and they just let it play. Like all. Yeah. You and I sat through the whole really credits funny. and just yeah. listened to that whole conversation. And in fact, what he does is he draws more conversation out of her by appearing to go along with it and then not going <laughs> along with not really contributing to it at all. But then she keeps talking and stating her bullshit views, and he just rolls the credits and puts over super silly, like, wah, 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 oh, shit, uh, music <laughs> over the background. And he he he, fool, he uh, makes a fool of her. Yeah. Which needed to be happening for what she was saying. Yeah. I Yeah, I just, I, especially given the criticism online of it being morally wrong, Mm-hmm. I, I just I think that the ambiguity of or sorry not not the ambiguity the um transparency of the show uh just contradicts that it, it contradicts the morality of it because they never ever lie about what they're doing they do they do some weird shit and while I'm watching it I was questioning some things but like especially reflecting on it I just yeah, especially um, after the end product yeah definitely I, mean, mm-hmm. I yeah I, I I just I think they were so honest about everything that happened. I mean, yeah, they do like the 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 fake grandfather thing uh-huh. is kind is is kind of a lie is a lie. Yeah, but he also he lot, is. But they call him out for lying. He is in the show. part he didn't of, cut any of it, right? Yeah. And and he is part of the part of the whole artifice, right? Mm-hmm. When you agree to be part of something like this, yeah. you agree to be part of it all. So that's true. It's uh. It's it, it's also just a hilarious show. It's, it's something that funny. cannot be discounted. I was about to say it's the exact same so thing. So <laughs> fucking funny. Like one of the funniest parts that I think happened was when he started the acting class, redid the acting class so he could be one of the students to the acting class, hires his own Nathan, 
and then tells the student in the acting class to move and then moves into his old house and then has the dude playing Nathan do the same thing, tell right. him to move and then moves into the, you know, it's just like the cycle of it and how the meta yeah. goes within the meta and the meta. And it's just like, it blows your fucking mind. It's like nothing I've ever seen in my life, yeah. but I it's kn- so deeply empathetic. Yeah. Absolutely. Something like, like the joy of the show is watching this man, uh, just try to connect like if do everything anyone. go above and beyond to and do the, things for people you know, i i saw someone online make this point and i and i think it's interesting and cool like the idea that this is all artifice this is all fake mm-hmm. yet the person that takes it the most seriously is the person who knows exactly how fake everything is yeah Jesus. and that speaks to just how the Nathan character, maybe the person, but the but the character of Nathan is is so like there is a chasm between him and and other people, and how this show is like him desperately trying to to bridge that. Yeah, and trying it's, to feel something, trying to feel something, and it's and when you get to that final episode with with the toddler who who has been impacted, it's mm-hmm. I think it's impossible not to feel something. And it's and it's not positive feelings he's feeling in that whole thing, but it's like a lot. Also, that kid Remy that you're talking about. Um, also, when you go back, like I watched the whole thing for the second time yesterday in a row, which I had never done, and you know, I went back and I I saw the the clips of him with that kid before yeah. any of that stuff came out in the last episode, and it's like, whoa, you do see Nathan being as much as I can assume is the real Nathan when he's mm-hmm. playing with that kid. Like, I feel like it cracked out behind the mask that he puts up. I was, so yeah, bond with one thing, yeah. yeah, one thing we were talking about, and, and again, I've only watched through it once, but during, mm-hmm. during that watch through, um, I felt those scenes with Remy, that specific kid, even before I knew any of that happened, those scenes, I could tell that Nathan was actually feeling the things that he was searching for yeah. um, in this show. Like no other time with even the, a lot of the other kids were really, really good. I think the other really, really good one to me was the, the 15 year old. Yeah. The um, one with glasses at the end. We just didn't like, cause we were comparing I, him to okay. Remy. We were I, comparing him to Remy. Yes, we were. And I didn't like him at first. Uh, I, I did come to appreciate that he was a good actor. It's just that yeah. through the lens of the show, he was portrayed poorly. I think he's a professional kid. I don't know if he's the greatest actor. I, I, there were moments where I thought he was really good. Okay. Um, but but regardless, it's uh, trash. Anyways, the, yeah. The, <laughs> the times with Remy when I was watching it, um, I just I felt that actual genuine emotion from Nathan for the mm. only time in the show. It was the only time he wasn't searching for something, but he felt it. And then when it came to that last episode, it broke my fucking heart because yeah. it you know it it was real. Yeah, it was for, to it the kid. was real. And, and also, um, the kid wanted. No, my heart breaks for that kid. He yeah. wanted that so deeply, and he finally got it, mm-hmm. and it got taken away. Yeah, my, repeatedly too. Repeated. My goodness, I don't know. I don't know how to deal with that. I don't. <laughs> no, no, Bre- breaking a kid's heart. That's the that's the hardest thing. I, I don't think if I don't think any other show or movie has gotten to like that type or level of emotion 
for yeah, me this year. Honestly, like, it's it's a hard place to get to. Oof. And you know, also going back to the a- actors who played Adam, uh, you were talking about that fifteen-year-old kid. Yeah, excellent, excellent, excellent. taking direction. Um, and the way they closed his plot line was, albeit shocking, um, yeah. was really sufficient storytelling. And um, that scene where he finds him overdosed. Right. Apparently, oh. he mo- Nathan modeled his own reaction in that scene to one time he was in a pitch room for Nathan For You Season 2, and he just found out that... Well, no, he didn't find out, but his wife and him had divorced after three years, and he was in a pitch meeting with FX, and he just broke down into tears and started reacting pretty much that same way in a pitch meeting. Oh, wow. And then Oof. he reused that for that scene. And it's also the first time in the show when he's talking to Core in the first episode, you hear him talk about the divorce in the pool briefly. Right. But that's the first time he's mentioned it publicly since like one episode of Nathan for You, super offhandedly. I think the episode's called The Movement. But yeah, it's like... This, this man is being so vulnerable and transparent, and it reflects in the whole show. And it's just so interesting that he is such a comedian while coming across as this damn near emotionless human being. But seeing the cracks of it make the whole thing worth it to me. Know what I mean? Yeah. No, definitely. I, I, I think the, the way that the show unravels... Um, almost plays into the theme more than if it hadn't unraveled. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because they fully embrace the fact that the original concept is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's like him creating all of these rehearsals still out of everything that is happening is... It's it's like taking the same concept but applying it the way it was meant to be. If if that makes it, it's yeah. it's insane, man. I no, I was I, lost after I watched it. I know, but like in such a way that it like it's so original that it gives me grasp on reality in a way that I never was able to in another way. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's I mean going going back to like him channeling what he felt after his divorce. Like it's mm-hmm. it is the story of a man who cannot feel things Mm -hmm. like, like you were saying, like the neuro neurodivergent community Mm. really liked it. And I, it's, it's a story of a man who does not feel things the normal way other people do Mm -hmm. and trying to tap into it, try and tap into it. And I think most people, you know, whatever normal is, I think most people have their own take on how they react to things that's different from other people and so i think Mm -hmm. that is a super identifiable part of the show that has made it popular and also makes sense why it's divisive right Mm -hmm. yeah um but but super empathetic yeah yeah i I, I think um like the whole time nathan is uh trying to recreate the perspective of these other people and when he like doesn't react the same way that they did naturally he redoes it like Mm -hmm. the the scene with the uh where he was impersonating the actor that he had who was going to be impersonating someone else yeah uh (laughs) one was just objectively so funny thomas yeah it was it was so funny but also him like 
he he went through the scenario, realized he did not react or understand why uh, why the why Thomas reacted that way. So he so redid he, it. He all. did it again. Mm-hmm. He did it again from the first day. Yeah, yeah, and and creating this lens for himself once again, uh, and trying fully to understand why he felt the way he did, and and he ends up doing it, and it's 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 just so interesting seeing his like his search to understand why people feel the way they do. It's so compassionate. Yeah, yeah. Goddamn, I still just also love the pilot as like its own solo piece. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's the concept for the show. Yeah, it's not the show, and it's so yeah, true, and it's and it's so clean though, like down to, you know, the whole bird watching interview with Trisha, yeah, where she barely even lets her uh, doppelganger slash uh, the bird watcher get a word in the whole time, and then seeing how also some of those actors were so great in the yeah. way that they applied that stuff. I mean, the actress who played Angela. Yeah, uh, who played Angela's doppelganger right. in the scenes towards the end? She was amazing, and she was from the acting class earlier. And yeah, I thought she fucking killed that. Yeah, I would love impression. to shout out the the editing of the show also um, totally. for the times that they you would. I would <laughs> <laughs> for the times that the editing convinces us that something is real, and then cuts back, and it's one of the actors. Exactly. There's so that many times, so cool. and it's, end of episode one with the uh, core. Yeah. yeah, and like that moment, the fact that they chose to let us wonder whether he actually told core or not mm-hmm. is a great choice. And I, I could totally see arguments for both ways as mm-hmm. to whether he told him or not. And I, I don't he, know. I think he told core, and then his his last reaction is like him being kind of jaded by like, well. You made me cheat, so fuck you. But whatever. I, I maybe feel maybe the opposite because I I think that his last reaction is because uh, Nathan Fielder's comedy is inherently awkward, and, and the way he presented that compliment was just really awkward and kind of out of place. Um, and I think that was his reaction of he he wasn't just being cold like he was also an awkward. Both of them are very awkward human beings, yeah, and true. I think his reaction was just kind of like him just reacting to it strange like oh people don't usually say that nice stuff about me thank you but i don't know it's, it's i'm totally not convinced possible, that either. you know it's god what a show what a goddamn show jeremiah do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this whole thing up um you know it my only metric for shows and tel- like movies is does it make me feel something yeah. And my goodness, did the rehearsal make me feel me too, an man. awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um, very curious to see what season two is. I hope they find it such a rich uh, bed of stuff to dive into like this yeah. first season. But yeah. 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 I, everyone should watch it. Everyone should feel the things that I felt. Yeah, you this. got it. You got it. You got to jump in. And you know what? Sometimes if you're worried about something and you're just too anxious about how it's going to go one way or the other, all you need maybe is just a little rehearsal. <laughs> that's why That's why I have a wife. I rehearse with her. Oh. Yeah. Well, Get yourself your a foreplay? wife, I guess. Is, no, this is just <laughs> it's my foreplay for life. Oh. Yeah. That should, that should be the title of your... Uh, 
your book. Foreplay for life. Foreplay for life. <laughs> yeah, my, my my final thoughts on the show uh-huh. are uh, very akin to that, yeah. which is I have never experienced anything that I've watched like that, that along with just making me laugh nonstop, mm-hmm. also just made my heart race from how intense it is from yep. the first moment, the first episode, uh, consistently, just heart racing. Uh, like I, I think the opening to the second episode was my, the the one that made my heart race the most, where they swapped the baby without any context. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so insane, so funny, and yeah, just the entire ride. I I could not take my eyes off the screen. Like you, you uh, our, our other roommate, one of our other roommates, came in a couple times and yeah. would speak, and I would not respond. And I just I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. I was yeah, so yeah, you transfixed. Just, you had to see it through. No, I I fully agree to that sentiment. And you know, my final thoughts. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. And that's pretty much it. And whether you as a listener think that it's morally ambiguous or not, you will have one of the rides of your life watching this. And I cannot recommend it enough. True. Facts on facts. No matter what, it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, goddamn. Jeremiah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, thanks for letting me be here. Yeah, oh, yeah thanks for coming, man. We've, we've wanted to have you on for a while, so it's yeah. been good. All right, you guys. Thank you, and until next week. Take care. Leave the Door Open, the podcast, is now available wherever you find your podcasts. Go ahead and leave us a review, or just let us know what movie or show you'd like to hear us chat about next week. If you liked this episode and want more, give us a follow to get the latest updates on future episodes of the podcast. For more info on Leave the Door Open, visit us on Instagram at leavethedoor underscore pod, TikTok at leavethedoor underscore, and Twitter at leavethedoorpod. And make sure to check out the rehearsal, streaming now on HBO Max. Thanks for listening. Until next week. Ha, 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 ha.